Let's start with um, sharing what you have experienced in the early period of sitting, right, right before this. Questions that you have, things you're not sure of, or your experience. We can start there. This way, the teachings will just respond to and address what is actually happening with you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I had more, more or less continuous back pain, and so I, I had a hard time ever getting to content much less past it, because of a version that I wanted to go away. Mm. And, and, but, and, and I find myself walking, um, whether I'm sitting in meditation or not, pushing down on, you know, I get a little bit of relief that way, but of course that's exactly not relaxing. I, I'm pushing down right there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Physical discomfort. How many of you have physical discomfort? Okay. Thank you. Back pain, raise your hand. Leg pain, raise your hand. Okay. All right. <clears throat> hmm? Hands. So the question is, uh, it's hard to relax when the back pain is continuous, physical discomfort. And there is some relief by using the hand to push down on the legs to release the pain in the back. Right? And you want it to go away. That's the human predicament, isn't it? <laughs> How many of you have experienced sciatic nerve pain? Yeah, I had it. That's some serious business. <laughs> You can have sciatic nerve pain. You can have all kinds of physical discomfort. And you can still be okay. It's all right. It is not all right if we try to get rid of it if we try to suppress it, we make it worse. And it definitely is not all right when we label it pain. What is it then? We don't know. 
you relax into it. And you discover the wonder of physical discomfort. The relationship, I talk about, practice is about relationship. The relationship that we build with ourselves, what comes up within us, it's exactly how we treat other people. People that we don't like. How do we treat people that we don't like? People that get under our skin. People that are like back pain. <laughs> or pain in the you know what. How do you treat that? The juncture through which our embodied experiencing of this moment, whether it's with ourselves, with others, that's where practice is. So, we really have to reorient our whole approach to practice. It's not about getting something, attaining some spiritual boon, being free and bliss and no pain. It's not about that. Complete 180. Reorientation. It's about relationships. So when we are experiencing physical discomfort, here's what we do. We're using the method. First of all, labeling a pain really kills the experience. We really don't know what the hell is happening. Because it's different every moment. It's fresh. Like right now, you're busy writing. How much is pain from a scale of 1 to 10? Is there physical pain in the back? If there is, scale 1 to 10. 10 being excruciating. How much is that? 1 or 2. Well, right. You know where this is going, right? <laughs> Alright, you sit there. 1 or 2. And then physical discomfort arises. Or even... You're just noticing it. And then what we tend to do is exaggerate it. And the defense mechanism, the stress hormones, the cortisol, start to flush down through the body, fight or flight. It makes it worse. Reified by Labels, words, pain, I don't want it, 
the practical thing to do is relax, we prime our body, content our mind, great fascination with the method. Right? Three steps. Body, heart, mind. So, prime the body, heart content, it's all right. Don't want to get anything, don't want to get rid of anything, including physical discomfort or this body. Simply avail ourselves to what is present, and the present is sitting. And the habit tendency comes up of reifying, solidifying, trying to get rid of. You go back to the foundation. Right? You put aside the method. You go back to relaxing. Relaxing. The back may be painful, or maybe it's one knee, or one hand, one ankle, one hip. It doesn't matter. The rest of the body is relaxed. Right? So, facial muscles, relaxed. How many of you, when you meditate, your facial muscles painful? Where? Yeah, relax it and then it becomes subsides, right? Diminishes. Okay. Okay, just relaxing it. Sometimes it's like different nerves. So relax, section by section, and then the mind, the heart's content. Second, first is relax. Second, Checking to your feeling tone. You really have to make sure we're not trying to gain something, trying to lose something, trying to grasp something, trying to suppress something, trying to manipulate, change. Feeling tone is that of, it's all right. It's all good. Content. Third thing you do, because our tendency in discomfort is to exaggerate. The third thing you do is localize. Go to the reality of what's happening. Where is it? Where is the discomfort? Back, back is made up of non-back. Self is made up of non-self. What do you mean back? It's just a word. Is it upper, middle, lower? Is it left or right? What is it? Is it muscle? Is it bone? Is it nerve? Is it um, the cartilage is gone? So it's just bone against bone. What is it? There's no such thing as back. It's just localize it. What is it? 
relax, content, localize. The rest of the body completely relaxed. Now you may say, "Well, I have three or four areas of the body is having pain." Here's what you do: three or four. Localize. I got two knees, one back, mid back, and one shoulder. Out of all of these spots, the other ones are manageable. It's just back, mid back. So just localize to one area. Fourth step. No words. No language. No container. No stories. Oh, I had an injury, and, and there's a history, and all of my life I've been blah blah blah. No, nothing, nothing. No words. No containers. What is it then? Wonderment. Don't know. Pain is made up of non-pain. It's just different sensations. Sometimes it's like a knife jabbing into. Sometimes it's just stagnant. Sometimes it's constant. Sometimes it's heaviness, dullness. There's all kinds of things. So the fourth stages. Don't know what is it. You're practicing silent illumination. Stillness, silencing of the labeling, discursiveness, illuminating what is what is actually happening. You're practicing simultaneous shamatha vipassana. Right? And you watch it change. The intricacy of the discomfort, the so-called pain, morph, morphing, changing, without labeling. In other words, freshness. No preconceived idea. Don't know what it is. Just freshness. Then, before you know it, the period is over. But your practice is now over. You need to familiarize. You're watching it change. It's the fourth. Without words, watching it change. The fourth stage, right? There's a fifth stage. You need to familiarize. Once you start massage and move around, that pain disappears within one minute. From seven down to two, one. What happened? What happened? 
You need to familiarize the elusiveness, illusoriness of pain. You know, where did it go? Just the previous moment was really intense. Where is that now? Where is now? Familiarize yourself with that. Usually, after the period is over, within one or two minutes, it goes back down to one or two, or it disappears. Right. At least it lessens. It lessens. So familiarize yourself with impermanence. Or just the freshness. Change. Physical discomfort. And throughout all of this, you're practicing silent illumination. Silencing the constructs, narratives, words and language. Illuminating what is actually present. Building a new pattern of relationship with yourself. Completely open, accepting, embracing yourself, embracing these old bones, embracing, embracing, and then responding wisdom, free from vexations, present in love, in love. So the feeling tone is that of, I accept you, it's all right. I know in half an hour, you'll be gone. <laughs> Actually, it's not even half an hour. It's just 15 minutes left. And I'll say goodbye. But right now, I am you. You are me. And then when when the period is over, let it go, say goodbye. All the people in our lives, the difficult ones, all the obstructions we face with love, embrace. Everything come to you, it turns to practice. It turns to the path. This is a complete reorientation of how we typically relate to body pain, wandering thoughts, other people. Then you're a practitioner. We'll get a lot of chances to practice during this retreat, the physical discomfort.
even something like sciatic pain. I had sciatic pain going down. <clears throat> I told myself, <clears throat> middle age is here. Fifty-five. It's all good. And then just finding that that's uh, a space, just right, just right amount of pain. Relax into it. And if I move, oh, don't move. <laughs> if you move, it's a lot of pain. So just finding that place, sink. And then afterwards, you're loving your body. How? We're doing massage, infusing it with the tenderness of our mindfulness. Massage. The whole relationship change. That's how we do it. Meditation on pain. Okay, and then that. Kind of relationship that we build with ourselves that will translate. That will translate to our relationship with other people. At the juncture of difficulty, of obstructions, perceived obstruction, it becomes opportunity to practice. It's okay. Yeah. Physical physical discomfort is always there. Always, always. Yeah. We're always trying to escape it, suppress it, deny it, change it. What needs to be done? What can be done? We don't look for pain. We don't look for suffering. We can change it. That goes with relationship with others as well. Relationship with difficult people. We don't look for it, but when it's present, we uh, do our best. Yeah. Minimize kind of self-referentiality. Okay, other questions? Val. What if anger comes up in meditation? Like a memory of some conflict arising and the, the mechanism of anger start to happen. Okay, what do you think you're going to do? I'm just turning the question back to you. Anger arises, what do you think? 
So, you said, recognizing it, what's coming up, what kind of thoughts pattern, rechanneling it to maybe loving kindness. Right? Um, so there's always this balance of pushing it away, or it doesn't seem like allowing it to be. It is so productive because they just continue to. Ruminate, right? So you gotta do something about it. <clears throat> Buddhist approach, Buddha Dharma <clears throat> approach to the presence of vexations. <clears throat> I translate klesha as vexations. Some people translate it as afflictions, um, and so on. I'll just use vexations. Buddhists approach the vexations in many different ways. One approach is what you mentioned. It's called counteractive. Counteractive um, remedy. Right? You meet anger with loving kindness. You meet craving with meditation on impurity or something. You meet scatteredness of mind with meditation on the breath counting. So counteractive. Right? But there's another approach. And the counteractive has all kinds of remedies for different type of states that come up. Some people are suitable for that. Other people, not so suitable. Another approach is to face it with emptiness. Not a conceptual emptiness, some idea on the working end of embodying emptiness is just to allow them to be present. It seems dangerous, but as long as we suspend rumination, drawing conclusions, furthering some understanding, refrain from that, all of that. Just allow these things to be completely present, flow through. First, you may experience them as actual memories, snapshots of memories, visions, thoughts, relaxing into them, face them frontally. 
and then you will go a step deeper. Instead of these snapshots of visions of thoughts and memory, you begin to experience them as sensations in the body. The body starts to tense up. Right? When we have negative thoughts, the body will tense up. When you have wandering thoughts, your body will tense up actually. Have you ever noticed that? Some part of the body will tense up. It's a physiological reaction. Don't draw a conclusion, just being present, being present. Behind the tensing up, it's just different surging of energy. Maybe lodging in different places. And if you relax them, they actually move. Behind that, just vibrations. Layer by layer. Expose, expose, expose. Completely open to the true nature of anger. Liberation. In one of the Nikaya suttas, the Buddha was asking, conversing with one of his disciples, back and forth, back and forth. Talking about grasping, not anger, but desire, grasping. And uh, you know, what holds grasping? This holds grasping. What are its conditions? These conditions sustain them. So on and so forth. At the end, what is its nature? Liberation. Moment by moment by moment, they liberate themselves. As long as we don't draw conclusions, solidify, reify, inject an I in the narrative, it's just experiencing, you will discover that this anger or recollection or grief. Sadness, craving, everything. All happening in the embrace of emptiness. Emptiness takes courage.
takes courage. Usually, we want to do something about it. In the back of our mind, we want to get rid of it. We don't want to get rid of it. They're your baby. They're yours. What do we do with babies? Do we do we throw them out the window? No. They're yours. They're reasons why. They're present. We love them. We accept them. We embrace them. We allow them to be. Their true nature. They show us the way. They show us the way. I can't stress this enough. They show us the way. They show us freedom. They show us what love is. Just have to stay with it. Don't stay with it at the level of memory. That's the most coarse. It's okay, though. That's naturally. Go to the feeling. The feeling behind the memory. Maybe the pain. What's behind that? I'm open. What's behind that? It won't happen all in one sitting. You know, sometimes we have these strong emotions <clears throat> for some weeks, <laughs> months, years. It doesn't matter how long they show us change. They show us. New beginnings. They show us new beginnings, and the relationship that we have continues. Continue to change. Continue to evolve. Stay with it. And then they'll show us liberation. Yeah. All the trauma, the negative experiences that we have, the true nature, liberation, freedom. Not some kind of naive notion of going to nirvana. Nothing exists. Some place, definitely not here. Right? Not that kind of. That's a kind of fabricated thing that we created based on reading books, words. Right? It's just freedom, open freedom, selfless. In that, 
wisdom and compassion is present. Emptiness is relationships. The relationship continue to change. There's no fixed thingness. So we have never lost anything, never gained anything. New beginnings. Present, yet absent. Gone, yet here. No need to fixate on some kind of understanding or words and language. No fixed views. That's nirvana, liberation. Yet, what is present is present. I've kind of expanded your question to cover a lot of things. <laughs> it needs to be said. Yeah, these strong emotions that we have. As long as we have this polarity working within us, I want to get rid of it. I don't want it. I want something else. I want this moment to be other than what it is. As long as we have that polarity, no liberation, no love, no compassion, no wisdom. Stay with it. Don't draw conclusions. Open, open, open. Then the people in our lives what comes up within us, show us the way. Yes. The, the point you made during the guided practice that the body is nothing more concrete than the body felt important and interesting. And I found myself sort of investigating concreteness and then after the practice considering thinking about concreteness. It got more interesting, more confusing, more puzzling. Uh, so I'm thinking there's a lot of size to it, but one thing to ask is, is the concreteness, is it, is it essentially the same as substantiality, or are they confounded? And related to that, is this concreteness just like a the concreteness of the body makes it an easy, like, first step and way in. Or is concreteness a premium to continue to cultivate connection with discernment and so on you know, down the road? Yeah. Concreteness. Is it a way in? Or is it a premium continue to cultivate? Is it substantiality? This, this is in reference to the guided meditation, the physicality, concreteness to the body sitting. Right? And that got you thinking. Sitting and also post-sitting time, you start to kind of become fascinated with this concreteness. What is this? Right? That is called... Propancha. 
concreteness is only a perception. Perceptions change. Right? So where is the concreteness? There's no substantiality to it. In the beginning of our practice, because the body feels heavy, and mind is a little bit scattered, so there's something more concrete to hold on to, and you feel concrete. But if you're lying in a bathtub, hot tub, completely relaxed, with a bottle of water, <laughs> you're just relaxing into that. How concrete can it possibly feel? It's a matter of perception. Suffering is a matter of perception. The body is a matter of perception. In the beginning, it may be palpable. There's a physicality to my awareness, you feel. Good, it's going to ground you. But that may subside. The awareness becomes more prominent. The experiencing. Then the physicality recedes in the background. Yeah? Do you know that we're neurologically wired? Human beings are neurologically wired such that when one sense faculty is given prominence, other sense faculty, naturally, the way that they're wired, just recedes in the background. You all know that? Like when you are listening to sounds, then the olfactory sense faculty just lies dormant. It doesn't really function. When we are walking, carefully walking, step by step, then other sense, sensory functions actually lies dormant because we need to use that. Right? So we utilize the sense faculty of the body in the sitting, the first entry point of silent illumination, the body sitting the concrete physicality of sitting as an anchor. Once the mind becomes calm, clear, stable, the mind faculty becomes more prominent. The body faculty recedes in the background. That, tra that, that transition is what gives the perception that the body as if there, as if not there. But the experiencing becomes very palpable. That is the natural functioning of mind, which is experience. The eyes, what does it do? It sees. Nose, spell. Ears, hear. What does the mind do? Experiences. That becomes more prominent. Other sense faculty recedes in the background. And that the qualities of the mind 
experiencing. The raw, natural functioning, stillness, clarity, no wander. Wandering is not the nature of mind. Nature of mind is just clear. The baseline is free from wandering. Wandering comes from habit, habit tendency, grasping, polarizing. That's not the nature. That's just like the habit. Say, answer your question. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. The physicality is just the beginning. Don't pay too much attention to it. Pay attention to it when we are scattered, right? When we're ruminating about this and that. Okay, come back. Come back to physicality. Right here. I'm here. What does it mean to be here? The posturing, the relaxing, and the grounding. Yeah. Right. Right. Not somewhere else. The body and mind together. As you proceed, then things will subside. One last question, and then a break. How's everyone doing? Like, the sitting, is it okay? Yeah. Yes, Dave. Yesterday you mentioned, uh, like, uh, connecting with our hearts. Like, how much, how much of the... Does this factor into, like, mind and body, and, and um, I'm sort of getting, like, a... When you were talking about grounding of the body, that there's a, a balance in body and mind, but even though, you know, uh, in terms of experience, like, I mean, if we're really present, or say walking outside, part of being present would be feeling cold air, or like, which which is 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 experiential, you know. So, so with the mind, is there a balance in there between between the body and mind? Or, or some kind of synergy and with heart involved as well in terms of the overall like you keep men, you keep referencing the feeling tone right like what's the feeling tone of walking down the street and then and, and then if, if the overlay is sort of breaking apart and we're really experiencing we're, are we experiencing from the heart as well like as part of that feeling tone Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, here's the issue. So the question is, when we are experiencing, you mentioned the feeling tone, how does that gel with the body and the mind? I mean, the body, when we're walking, when we're, if we're walking outside, the cold air we're experiencing in the mind, if there's overlay, then he kind of fragments the mind, pulls us to the left and right. If, if there's not, then the heart is feeling, is that coming from the heart? The problem that you're having is that you're caught up in the words of heart, body, and mind. Don't 
compartmentalize into this or that. What is present? What's present? Sometimes people feel that. Yeah. Okay. There are two things. I'll address that afterwards. First, I want to address what is happening here. You're listening to what I'm saying, and you're trying to fit it into what you already understand before. Is that mind? Is that the heart? Or what's the body doing? That's very difficult because it doesn't fit. It's like two systems. I don't know what you've been reading. You know how you've been processing things. What I'm saying is, there are no containers. There's no such thing as body. Separate, separable from mind. Separable. From the present moment, the present is experiencing. Experiencing is embodiment. The body is experiencing, which is mind. When we try to compartmentalize the tools with which we're using the containers, they fall apart because we're left with just. Like a mess, you know. The simplicity of this moment. How do you know, Dave, that you're here? Right now. How do you know you're sitting? The hands crossed like that. I feel it. What do you feel? You're posturing. What you're feeling is posturing. Right? It's not only posturing. If your shoulders are tense, you, you feel that too. If it's not tense, relaxing, you feel that. Don't you feel a sense of weight? Sense of weight. Sense of weight. So at the minimum, what we're doing is we're learning to be with the reality of what's happening, not how we wish to happen, 
how we want it to happen. We're just open to what is actually happening, seeing things, experiencing things as they are. And what is that? Posturing, relaxing, yeah, check, grounding, check. Right? So the mind wants to compartmentalize, it wants labels, it wants propancha. It wants proliferation. Okay. So we just, instead of knowing reality through our categories, propancha, proliferation of ideas and notions, we are learning to come to reality through experience, kind of phenomenologically, experientially. So to stay with the raw experiencing by using. Only your sense faculty of the body. Don't go to the head. Don't go to the ears, nose, eye, tongue. Just the body. Simple. Stay with the simplicity. And then the mind simplifies. Simplifies. Regains its natural clarity. Awareness, right? Awareness. It may come out through sight, sound, taste, touch, thought. It may come out to that. We're, we're drawing to the baseline, which is clear. Just that. Now, when we're walking, The simplicity of the natural awareness is walking. How do you know you're walking? Well, the foot, the steps. In other words, the posturing. The kind of grounding, the texture, you feel it. Relaxingly, you're walking. So you're always staying with reality instead of in the headspace. Right? So we first learn to do that. It's not to say we just become dumb and don't use the head. No more research. Don't need to have a job. Not saying that. But we're so, typically, we are so caught up with these categories, these constructs. We've lost our ability in other sense, sense faculties. So we just amplify the other one, learning. Have a little more balance. So is that the mind? Forget about mind. Is that the heart? Forget about the heart. It's just relaxingly grounded, fully engaged, present. Present. Now, things may come up that distract us, right? Like, I want to relax, but there's a resistance. Why is there resistance? Because it doesn't fit our preconceived idea. It's not right, not correct. This is different than there's resistance. So there's some categorical differences that's happening. Meaning, propancha is present. 
very subtly. When propension is present, your body tense, guaranteed. So this tripartite experience, mind, body, you can also indicate it with breath. When the mind is a certain way, resisting, the body is definitely functioning a certain way. The breath is a certain way. So how do you change it? Well, you come at it through the body. Come at it through the breath. And then you see the mind also changes. So when they're resisting, where is it? Relax. Localize it. It's just tension. Relaxing. What happens if I relax it? Does it go somewhere else? Where is it now? All the things that we resist, they're us. They're our babies. You know, they're us. So resist, okay. Hold it. It's all right. Don't be afraid. And you see that. It's okay. Good try. All right. You take a break. Maybe a quick break. Five minutes. Seven minutes. Come back and we meditate. Allow it to sink, sink in. And we'll try again.